Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and we're back once again to talk about the Netflix series The Crown. Today, we'll be diving into Season 6, Episode 2, entitled Two Photographs at just 39 minutes. I believe this is the shortest episode of The Crown that we've watched to date, although someone can, can fact check me on that. And some might say, hey, if it's that short, why'd they make it at all? And to that, we would say, hey, maybe you're right, but we're going to watch it anyways, because we're here to learn. And that's obviously exactly uh, what we're going to do here today. Don't add us. So joining me as always are my two co-hosts. First, a man who prefers his arms to his legs. It's Ivan Vukovic. But Ivan, what do you think that Carlin and I think is your best feature? Okay, so <laughs> it, it, it really says something about this episode and, and how forgettable it was that I don't even know what you're referencing right now. What? How do you not know? It was uh, Diana and Dodie wait, Oh, is, 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 is it like Do Dodie and Diana talking about, oh, yes. okay, yeah, see, that that just kind of flew by. Like, I, I this was like, yeah, the, like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, didn't retain Dodie it. Dodie thinks that Diana likes his eyes, but actually... She likes his hands, but then starts talking about his lips. So what does she really like? Who knows? I, I don't think that's going to be getting the screenwriting Emmy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ivan, I think I would say I very much admire the fact that you can, uh, that your head looks just like a normal head when it's shaved, because I have no idea what my head would look like if I shaved off all my hair. I very much like that. That's my, that's my favorite feature. You, you've never even done like a, you know, kind of like buzz cut or anything no. close to it? No, too scary. Who knows what's mm. under there? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been blessed by having a somewhat okay head shape, so. <laughs> All right, also, also back with us today, a woman who knows a thing or two about being a risky and creative photographer. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, what's the riskiest photograph you've ever taken? Um, whoa, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, have I ever tried to photograph a celebrity? Oh, I don't think I have. Or like it would be in a moment where like you're fumbling to take out your phone and then <laughs> and then they walk away. <laughs> I, I feel like I haven't I don't think I've really taken many risky photos. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Ivan, I think your best feature is your eyes. They're very pretty. Oh, thank you. Ivan, have you taken any risky photographs? I was just thinking, like, um, I don't think I've... No, it, was, it wouldn't have been of a celebrity. You, you, know, you know what my riskiest photo was? I, I think I once took a photo from a distance of somebody on, like, a bus that looked like a celebrity, like just like a, a doppelganger. <laughs> and I just wanted to like snap that and show people like, hey, this guy looks like one of the classic Doctor Who's. Oh, well, now I feel like I need to go down my camera roll and like, <laughs> is there a risky photo on there? Don't, no need to do that. A lot that. of photos might, of my dog. That might be longer than the actual episode we're going to talk about today. Carl You're right. <laughs> Carlin. Never going to get an answer. I think though. your best feature is your hair. And I think I'm realizing I just have an oh, obsession thanks. with people's hair or lack thereof. <laughs> Oh my god! Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's really funny. Uh, I mean, I also like your beard. Not to not to just harp on the subject, but I think it's great. Yeah, the the lack thereof doesn't apply to me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, if you're uh, if you're here for the first time, 
I don't know why you would join for this episode, but we're here. Uh, and, you know, if you came here because... You're in lo- fact, you should skip it. <laughs> if you're here because you're looking for any sort of factual clarity, you're looking for us to kind of verify the events that took place in this episode, you've definitely come to the wrong place because that's not the point of this podcast. We are here to learn about the royal family because we don't know. And we're just going to assume that everything we saw here is at least inspired by actual events. Although I did think I, I, I might've spoiled myself on a headline that the actual Mario Brano was kind of annoyed at his portrayal. Um, but Wait, you know, really? we'll, annoy, <laughs> we'll ignore that and just assume that everything that we saw here is at least in some way, you know, real enough that they included it as part of the episode. And uh, with that, Ivan, can you give us a quick recap of the crown season six, episode two, two photographs. We open on Mario Brenna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, who, who uh, ironically is now having his privacy invaded. Um, yeah, okay, so the the opening of this episode, we kind of get an introduction to two uh, very, very different photographers in, in both nature and focus and, and subject matter. Um, one is this Mario Brenna, who's kind of this uh, celebrity paparazzi photographer who's... Uh, uh, Basically, it's kind of doing a, a talking head to us, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall and telling us that, uh, you know, he goes the, the rules of, you know, candid photo taking have changed. And now you really have to go the extra mile if you want to get like the money shot. And it shows examples of all the lengths he's willing to go to, to, you know, snap a, an unforgettable photo. Uh, and a very, you know, revealing one and showing celebrities in very vulnerable moments that other paparazzi photographers don't have the skill or facility to do. Um, and then we meet uh, uh, a slightly older photographer, uh, a Scottish man named Duncan, who ha- has a much more, uh, uh, you know, kind of gentlemanly way about him. And he focuses more on um like yeah, portraits and uh, you know events, and has done a lot of uh, you know stuff for the royal family and around the royal family. You know, attends a lot of the the public appearances that Elizabeth makes, and has taken many uh, famous photos of her. So yeah, uh, th- this kind of sets the uh, the backdrop of of the sort of two storylines of this uh, episode. Uh, one being uh, kind of circling uh, the continued uh, romance between Dodie and Diana. Which which is now, um, you know, escalated to the point where they are uh, once again, you know, vacationing together and on yachts and, uh, you know, getting frisky, uh, eventually uh, attracting the attention of uh, the paparazzi. But part of uh, what forced their hand was uh, the interference of Mohammed, who wanted to continue to raise the profile of Dodie and Diana being together. And so he tipped off uh, uh, the paparazzi and, uh, you know, told them where they were and how, how to get the uh, the shot that would end up uh, sparking uh, a huge waves in the press. Uh, you know, there is a, a lot uh, that is said about uh, uh, the prices that these photographs uh, were um fetching and uh, all the different media outlets across the world that are syndicating the photographs, uh, much to the chagrin of the royal family who is tired and tired and tired of Diana getting all this attention and continuing to, you know, now sort of tangentially sour the reputation um, of the royal family. So our hero, Prince Charles, takes it upon himself 
to create a media blitz himself by hiring uh, the, the stately photographer Duncan uh, to take some photos of him and William and Harry around Balmoral, just, you know, shooting the shit and hanging out and, and, and being dignified, uh, which, you know, William and Harry are not uh, initially into, but Duncan's a professional man and he knows how to get the shot and he knows how to, you know, get them to somehow split split uh somehow slip into actually uh, enjoying their time with each other and and looking happy and looking very photogenic together yeah and then uh you know diana um you know she is also trying to uh you know continue with some of her own campaigns and passion projects particularly some of the work that uh, she has been doing uh, in bosnia with uh, landmine survivors but all of this of course is being overshadowed by all the attention that the paparazzi has now put on her and dodi uh which uh, leads her to kind of further retreat uh, into sort of this extended uh, holiday with him in the south of france uh and the episode closes on uh, well, not not the the famous shot of her uh, sitting on the jumping board uh, off Dodi's yacht, but uh, kind of the the same framing and and al- almost as if we, the viewer, are actually about to take that fa- famous photograph ourselves. So yeah, that is episode two, two two photographs. Thanks, Ivan. And I would just like to start by addressing the crown directly, as they felt the need to do to me with their footage of Mario Brenna and Duncan Moore. And I would just like to say to the crown. What are you doing? Why? <laughs> Why are you doing this? You're not The Office. You're not a true crime docu-series. You're not a Saturday Night Live sketch. Don't break the fourth wall at me. Stop it. I don't like it. Don't do it. And that's it. That's all I have to say. All right, let's do the Kinky Crown Award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. they're making some... Who, who suggested that? Like, that seems like something you throw out, like, as a joke. And then somehow it just, they, someone ran with it. Yeah. Like Queen Elizabeth didn't come out and introduce herself. Imagine if the first episode she was like, hi, I'm Queen Elizabeth. I'm stately. And also I like to listen to everybody else's opinion rather than have an opinion of my own. And that's me, Queen Elizabeth. I'm Laura Linney and you're watching Masterpiece Theater. (laughs) Like, what was that? This was so weird. Okay. Before we talk about anything more in this episode, um, yeah, let's address the fact that it's 39 minutes long. So my question to the two of you, what was left on the cutting room floor? I don't even Mm. know. Maybe they had nine episodes of The Crown and they were like, this was what we had left over. And they were like, yeah, let's make it. Let's do this. Let's do this one. Yeah, the, the, this is like when The Office uh, uh, put out all of those uh, super episodes on Peacock that was basically just uh, stringing together a bunch of deleted scenes. Yeah, I don't know. What what could have been left on the... Maybe more maybe more Mohammed. And I know we have a, a promise to, to get back to Mohammed in uh, a little bit more detail, but maybe it was more of that. Mm-hmm. I honestly... Maybe it was just more shots of, uh, of William and Harry skipping stones. Yeah, or I don't know, giving them more of a storyline. I don't know what was going on in their lives. Okay, well, one one thing I do want to say about William, and and maybe this is less of a discussion about William and 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 his uh, disposition, and more of just bad storytelling. But I feel like in the previous episode, they kind of went out of their way to show Dodie and William bonding on the yacht, and 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 William having a a fairly positive opinion of Dodie. And then suddenly in this episode, William's like, "Yeah, that guy's a creep. I got a bad feeling about him." Yeah, now I want to know where where did that come from, William? Where did you change your opinion? 
What happened? That's that's what should have been in this episode. Is Williams like conspiratorial? Like, what does he not like about this guy? What is it? I agree. This would have been an interesting episode from from Williams' perspective, perspective for sure. But yeah, let's. So we got two two very different photographers. We got Mario Brenna, who is out here just making bank, selling photos to the paparazzi or selling photos to press outlets, uh, for just crazy amounts of money. Ivan. As our resident Google financial uh, analyst, did you do the math on what 250,000 pounds would be in, uh, in currency today? Uh, what year was this? 1997? 1997, yes. Uh, let's find... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, uh, yeah, so 250... Oh, wait, no, that's dollars. Shit. Um <laughs> Uh, okay, so there's been an increase uh, of about eighty six percent in the, the the British pound uh, between ninety seven and, and today. So yeah, we're we're looking at you know somewhere in the ballpark of double potentially. Yeah, we're looking at like four hundred fifty thousand pounds ish, roughly. Ish, yeah. Wow, that's a lot for a photograph that you could probably now just get for free on on Instagram. You can get a lot of sandwiches at Predamange. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of sandwiches. But you can that get you is... can get you can get like seven sandwiches at Predamange with that kind of money. Yeah, that's a crazy it really amount of money. Does for one second, you're like, oh, I get why they're doing this. You get one photograph, and you never have to do anything for the rest of the year. Yeah, when you hear that kind of money, several years. it's not surprising that this situation happened. That's a ridiculous amount of money, and it kind of makes you think that yeah, maybe it's the press's fault that this happened. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, the. The opening scene, you know, put a lot of emphasis on Mario and and Duncan, respectively. And then the actual kind of body of the episode didn't really do much with either of them. Like they they just, you know, showed up again sporadically just to take the shots. But you would think that this would have been uh, like maybe an interesting episode told through their perspective. I actually could have gotten on board with that. But instead, they're just kind of used as... uh, yeah, like a, a plot device that's sort of, you know, a Chekhov's gun that's introduced uh, before the opening credits. And then, you know, there, there's no real dramatic value in either of them. Yeah, no, I was even thinking I would probably watch a show so with like about paparazzi because there is something so interesting about them. And I was just like, oh, they're not doing that, are they? No, they they did not. Um, so in Mario's little opening, uh, we learn that you know you have to be like a hunter or a killer, and so we see everybody's taking a picture of this couple, and then he kind of goes up a hill onto a platform that it seems was made for him, and then yeah. takes a photo of that couple fighting at the pool. Were we supposed to know who those people are? I was a little bit confused. Okay, about that's that. what I wanted to know. They were blonde, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think they were just supposed to be like a placeholder celebrity couple. That, that I hated just... that they didn't let us know who they were because I'm like, is it Jessica Simpson? Um, is it who else would have been? Pop I thought she. I mean, it looked a li- like the actress looked a little bit like a young Nicole Kidman, but I was like, that can't be Nicole. Like, it just can't be. Wait, so would the implication be that it would be Tom Cruise with her? No, because it definitely wasn't Tom Cruise. Like, then the other guy definitely was not Tom Cruise. Okay. I just say, like, she looks like a young Nicole Kidman. How dare they not give us a specific couple? Like, so it was nobody. We don't know who that like was. That. Okay. I don't know. I don't know who that was. Okay. Because that, that bothered me for probably for, like, the first five minutes of the episode. I was like, who is, who is yeah, that? Yeah, same. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so, so half the episode? <laughs> yes. Yeah. On the flip side, we meet Duncan Muir, and I was a little bit confused about who he is because he portrayed himself as kind of like 
the queen's paparazzi. So like, you know, a paparazzi guy, but more sophisticated and high class. But he said wherever he, wherever the queen went, he would also be. But then it turns out. No, I thought he's he was just, the official photographer. But it like, turns out he just owns events, a photography studio somewhere. Him. He just takes they, portraits. They really <laughs> did not make that clear. Like they, they, they implied both without really confirming which one it is. Because, yeah, he seems to be an independent photographer that, uh, you know, by his own admission, shows up where she goes, but also is on a first name basis with Her Majesty. <laughs> and well, I guess in the same way Diana is with her paparazzi. But then, yeah, he's being officially, you know, uh, commissioned to do, uh, you know, kind of media photos of Charles and, and his son. So, yeah, they they didn't really pick a lane there. I really thought he was an officially sanctioned, like, event photographer that whole time. <laughs> Well, but but you he wouldn't was, be wrong. Well, he because, was like, for the, Charles. The, the, but like I thought for the Queen, like I assumed, like you know, there were always those photos, like that they would get of like, oh, the Queen at uh, I don't know a holiday thing or whatever. And they would always just have a shot of her. I thought that like he was that guy of the time. Yeah, I was also like, mm. we're in the '90s right now, and you see Mario Brenna. He's got like the most high tech stuff. He's out here taking like you know, a thousand millimeter zoom lens, even more. Just really like, mm-hmm. you know, snapping pictures from a far distance. And then you see Duncan Muir come out and his camera's from like 1975. And he's like, here I am taking pictures of the queen. Good vin- good vintage man. <laughs> yeah. He knows. I thought that was funny. Um, also, who knew? 1997, the advent of www.royal.gov.uk. The beginning <laughs> of the royal family website. A million people per week are logging on and learning about all of the various members of the royal family and their stiff profile pictures. Wait, can you, can, is this website, this is still a website, right? It is indeed. I did check. Yes. This is still the royal family website. Although the URL is slightly different. It redirects you to a more truncated URL, I believe. I think they might have taken out. www.royal.gov.uk. Okay. Cause I, I am curious to look this up in the, the Wayback machine. What is the Wayback machine? Uh, like the Internet Archive, where you can see like past versions of. Wait, am I really explaining this to you right now? Like, I've never used never the Wayback used, Machine. Like, I feel like oh. I've heard of this, but I've never actually used it. And now I'm glad that you've reminded me this exists. Yeah, yeah, no. So if if you're trying to get like you know old cached version versions of websites and and you know see what they looked like in 2003 or even earlier, like you type in a URL into uh, you know the Internet Archive. It's archive.org, and then you can get uh, you know past uh, cached versions of pages. So th- th- this kind of really uh, le- leads to the credence that the the internet is, uh, you know, uh, written in ink and th- there are certain things that will just never disappear. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So actually, since I got nothing better to do right now, uh, I'm about to pull up uh, December 10th, 1997 of, whoa, yes, there it is, royal.gov.uk in all its glory. Last okay, updated 15 October 97. Um, okay, okay the, the sections. There's the monarchy today. There's the palaces plus information for visitors. So if you want to visit Buckingham, uh, the royal collection. There is, uh, oh, accession, coronation, and succession. Interesting. Monarchy through the ages. Today's royal family. Diana, Princess of Wales. They had a page for Diana. Wow. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, this was this was from October of 1997. So there's oh. a reason there's a Diana page. Oh, oh. no! Uh, 
yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we can your an- got added in. Wait. Okay. Moving on then. Uh, your questions <laughs> answered. Whoa. Ooh. They had an FAQ section. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. These questions. Um, how big is the Britannia? Uh, why does the queen keep corgis? Uh, what are the queen's interests in horses? Uh, what cars do the queen and the royal family use? Which carriages and coaches are still used by the royal family? Uh, what are royal warrants? When are gun salutes fired? Who was the last monarch to fight in battle? Wow, yeah. Th- I mean, okay, for a website from 97, like this, this has some hashtag content. Like, this, I mean, wow. if you're into the royals, like this is a good place to spend your time. It wow, sounds like a good place to great. spend your time now. <laughs> you, yeah you just spent you know a good a good three to four minutes just checking out this website mm-hmm. we, we, we gotta pad the runtime of this episode <laughs> somehow yeah yeah we leave nothing on the cutting room floor the crown wait wait hold on hold on <laughs> there's a links to other sites section oh like what uh oh okay uh number 10 downing street the uk parliament uh yeah army navy air force yeah just mostly other government entities mm. oh, okay. i see well, what a fun time. And no, nice. Queen Mother Elizabeth, it's not like, it has nothing to do with timber. We're not logging on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Good, good, good one, Peter. <laughs> Where is Queen Mother? She's still alive. What's she, she up was there. To? She was there? Oh, never mind. Yeah, she that was, was at her. the table. That was her okay, not understanding what a I, website was. Can you remember? I I clearly wasn't looking at the screen hard enough for that part. Um, I'll admit. <laughs> All right, I'll rewatch that. Okay, so the family is having a family meeting. And item number 12, confidential but not really, uh, is Diana. She's in Paris with Dodie. And the government has a big, big concern that this could, this could damage uh, the royal family from a PR perspective, as it could mean that they would have to make Mohammed a British citizen. And now, at the end of the last episode, we acknowledge that we didn't talk probably enough about how conniving... Mohammed is being this season, but we got it on full display here in this episode. Just the continuation yeah. of what we saw in the premiere. And, and and this was actually a bit of a revelation to me because like we have understood Mohammed's uh, you know intentions as being to kind of cozy up with high society and get close to the royal family and 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 kind of be brought into the the queen's inner circle. I didn't realize the dude was also just looking to get a passport. Yeah, that feels like it felt very anticlimactic. I thought he was doing something more nefarious. Nope, and, and like I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like, wait, how long has he been on this quest? Like, I mean, I, I feel like somebody with his resources and his influence should have gotten a British passport by now. Imagine needing a British passport and you're like, I know the way. We will marry into the royal family and I will get my passport. <laughs> The 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 Megan approach. <laughs> who isn't he married to? Some, who is he married to? No, he was married to the somebody in was it Finland? Yeah, oh. somewhere in Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah. that's useless well, to him. You- <laughs> too bad. Could have could have gotten a British wife, and this would have all been solved. That would have been the easier way, but no, <laughs> we will marry Diana. So we see Mohammed. Uh, he needs to know all the details that are going on on Dodi's yacht. What what is the status? What is the relationship status between Mo, uh, between Dodi and Diana? You're use put the maid on the phone. The maid will know. Get the maid here 
and the maid will tell us what's going on. Okay, first of all, that maid did not say anything that scandalous. I was really <laughs> expecting her to go into like really like detail of what you've heard of like I if you guys haven't read other uh, tabloid stories what maids reveal, <laughs> this maid did not give that much. No. Wait. I was expecting okay. more. Uh, just, you know, very quick, Carlin, what have other maids in the tabloids revealed in the past? How 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 detailed would they get? They'll talk about how like, oh, like you'll find like women's panties in the bedding or on the floor. Like they'll get into like that kind of detail of like we can see the physical evidence of sex. But the, he was just like, no, they're sleeping in the same bed. That's all you need. I mean, that's Which not, like it's true. Not, it's that's not, not it's wrong. Not big, it's not a big leap from one to the other. Yeah, but I was just really expecting them to go like disgusting level, and they didn't. Alas. What were you expecting, Carlin? <laughs> Again, I was expecting references to like strewn clothing and like I don't know condoms. <laughs> condoms. Okay. Wow. I don't know. That may yeah. like I. May that was not what we more, got. But- uh, no, which no. like it wouldn't have fit the tone anyway, but like I did, it did cross my mind. Okay, uh, Doty, for all intents and purposes, believes that his wedding will be off. He's going to actually go to Los Angeles to tell Kelly in person, and you know, right after he says that, perfect timing for for Mario to sweep uh, to swoop in and just take a photo of them them making out. Can you imagine? Why would you be making out in the outside of your boat? Well, I mean, I mean that's kind of why you have a boat. <laughs> yeah, but like, if you know that there are so many paparazzi, like, I'm sorry, this was a bad move on Doty. He was not thinking. So, so actually, uh, that that brings up a good question because obviously, when uh, you know Diana was vacationing with uh, you know her kids and the rest of the the, the Fayeds, like, it, it was well known that you know the the eyes of the paparazzi were nearby, and. Like what? Like what type of maneuvering did they just do to uh, orchestrate a getaway where they had reason to believe they weren't being watched? Like how did they pull that off? This could have been in the episode if they showed us this. Because I don't know. This is what how got far left out to uh, see on the cutting room floor. Yeah. No, but like in all like logistics, how far out into the ocean do you think you have to go that a paparazzi would not follow you and you would not be able to get a shot from land? I think it's less about the the paparazzi not being able to follow you and more so uh, like how do you get to, you know, a, a port undetected and then get on a boat to the uh, where the paparazzi doesn't even know where you are. Here's what I would do. I would have someone else drive the boat out and then you come in on a helicopter. So you don't mm. even go to port. I don't think the boat was that big though. Like it was big oh, but yeah. not helicopter big. Yeah, well. I mean, after watching these last two episodes, I do think that a lot of this is Mohammed. I do think that Mohammed probably is also in contact with the paparazzi. And probably in that first trip, he was like, hey, everybody, come on down. Diana's hanging out at my house. And even here, like, we see that the only reason why Mario knows where they are is because Mohammed gives him a call. And I wonder how much Mohammed paid. Like, Mario probably got like half his money from Mohammed and then half from selling it to the press. Also, that raises another question. Did did Mohammed get a cut of uh, the proceeds? Well, did he even want he a cut? Need a I thought cut? he was yeah. really just here to... Yeah, he doesn't need money. His cut is his passport. Yeah. Mm. He's playing the long game. How much are you going to pay for that passport? But wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> let's, think, let's think about this a little bit. So... Right now, he, he's gone all in on trying to kind of arrange his son 
to to be married to uh, now kind of an excommunicated member of the royal family. How does that even get him the passport? I mean, because she's still the mother of the, you know, the king of England. Right. But how does that get him the passport? Like maybe for Dodie, maybe for, 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 you know, Dodie's future children. Sure. But like what type of, you know, chain immigration, like, uh, you know, kind of maneuvering is going to result in him becoming a member of the United Kingdom? I, 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 has he thought this through? Well, it sounded like the royal family and fellows in particular was concerned more about just like public pressure. Like at the point where Jody and Diana are an item, Mohammed can be like, how ridiculous is it that, you know, here I am the grandfather of the King of England and I don't have a British citizenship. Like, I feel like that was more where they were coming from. Oh yeah. That makes sense. But okay. But even then though, uh, because again, Diana is now, you know, sort of semi ostracized. Why? I mean, okay, he had like, what, four other kids, a bunch of them look like they were, you know, roughly, you know, William and Harry's ages, like, why not focus on that pairing? Because probably, he'll. although I guess, probably because by the time it comes to fruition, he'll be close to dead. So that yeah, yeah. I just yeah. answered my own so, question. Yeah, if yeah, if he knows how long Queen Elizabeth will live, I, I don't I, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he would go through with that plan. Okay, but this photograph is going to be just incendiary fellows can't believe it the queen can't believe it and it's it, it's going to it's going to you know cause a, a lot of outrage uh amongst the members of the royal family yeah i i did think there was some interesting irony that's not talked about that like diana is essentially the other woman when her whole narrative was about like being the other like being the wife who has to deal with the other woman that i i don't know there's some interesting psychology there I think the difference being, I, I don't think Diana is convinced that that Dodie sees the, that the the model as his soulmate. Oh, for sure. But I, you know, sorry, model. That's kind of sad for you. But I did oh. think that. I mean, not to uh, excuse Mario Brenna and his behavior, but he did come across as a little bit cartoon villainy here. Like, I think he's developing the photo and he's like chuckling to himself. <laughs> Look he's thinking about done. all his money that he's about to get. <laughs> we really know, ultimately, we really know nothing about him. For someone who opened the episode talking directly to us, I feel like I, I, I learned pretty much nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that that cold open was unnecessary because, like, Mario himself was not crucial to the plot of this episode. You could have just had an no. anonymous paparazzi photographer take that shot, and and we th- this episode would have been thirty seven minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's okay. So there's actually one thing from the episode that uh, is unclear to me. Um, there was mention that uh, by I think uh, Charles's uh, PR guy, uh, Mark Bolin, that Dodie is being sued by his fiance for breach of contract. What is that about? I was confused uh... about that as well because they are not married yet. Did they yeah, sign like a prenup contract? or something? I don't know. I did not get to Google that to help anyone to figure it out. And you're not supposed to. Yeah, we're not Googling yeah, so. this podcast, Carlin. We, yeah, we're not. We're great. not. We're not like Sam over here, like doing a deep dive on Mario Brenna. I that no, that popped up on my my Twitter feed. I didn't go searching for that. All right, you're forgiven. Yeah, so I don't. Then. I don't know, <laughs> but I know that there was a lawsuit. I guess when you're wronged, you you sue and see what happens. Like what? But how? How was she wronged? Like, well, cause they, I don't know. Her fiance cheated on her. I guess. Again, I don't think that's 
grounds for a lawsuit, but I I guess. I don't think it's a bad move because we're like most realistic scenario they just give her a bunch of money now to make her shut up and she she yeah just like takes I, I would money. do it why not <laughs> you know you lose your fiance but he's rich you, you gotta get some money out of him though you didn't get to marry him yeah they settle maybe, out of court maybe maybe the contract actually has nothing to do with the relationship and and, and more about some film project that she uh was initially going to be a part of and maybe uh dodie cut her loose was yeah, she supposed maybe. to be one of the bond girls didn't Dodie say he was working on one of the Bond movies? She she, yeah. she was actually originally supposed to be in Austin Powers, but they recast <laughs> her with Liz Hurley. Oh okay. Gosh. All right. We see uh, a scene where William and Harry return to Kensington and Royals, you know, they're just like us. They play Uno. Yeah. Just a montage of them playing games and laughing at each other. All a good time. And then, of course, we get uh, their goodbye scene. William doesn't want to hug Diana, but Diana's like, you got to have one big hug. And so William gives her mm-hmm. a big hug. And uh, it just feels a little, I don't know, it feels a little over the top. I don't know that I liked that. I would then think that she would then die. <laughs> like, yeah, that's where, the kind of where setup are we in the at. timeline right now? Like, is this, is this her goodbye? It all feels like, like, I don't know where we are in the timeline, but I think the fact that we all know that it's going to happen, that we all expect it. It all feels like it is the last time. And maybe they'll see each other again. I don't know. We know that there were only eight weeks between where we started in the last episode and where this story is ultimately going to end up. And I know that at least, well, they were they spent 10 days on the boat. Like, I don't know. Weeks are going by really we're, quickly. We're, get, we're getting there, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that actually brings me to another point, which is, um, like, do you remember, like, late in season five where, I, I mean, I think it's the the infamous episode with the nonstick frying pan that I kind of threw a fit about. Uh, but mm-hmm. we, we talked about how that entire interaction between Charles and Diana, like, felt very, 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 like, fictionalized. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we kind of came to the conclusion that this was the, the, a way for, the, you know, the, the writers to shoehorn in one last scene between these two actors. Like, I had kind of, like, you know, left that episode thinking, like, okay, well, that was the swan song for Dominic West and Elizabeth Debicki being on screen together. And then we actually got another scene of them here. Yeah, it was weird. And it also wouldn't, it didn't feel like they should be liking each other at this point, considering how contentious it is with the press. It was very odd. Well, but I mean, Charles quickly, quickly goes to not, well, not, not liking her, but being ready to kind of resume war against her, uh, given public events. And, and he even mentions the fact that like, oh, but we were getting along so well. But wasn't he just mad about press like last episode? (laughs) Always. (laughs) Always mad yeah. about press. Well, so that's why I don't get, like, if he was already pitting himself against Diana then, like, how did they have a small period of, like, not being mad to then be mad again? Carlin, the reason I'm laughing right now is because, like, for a split second, I actually tried to rationalize it and answer your question. And then I realized, <laughs> like, look at where we are in this show right now and what they're giving us. Like, there's there's no rational answer. I felt like yeah. he was also, I mean, it feels like he was mad for something. We don't even know if Diana actually did. He's mad because the press put out a story that he didn't take the kids because he was on a weekend with Camilla. Oh, right. But I don't, I mean, maybe Diana did that. I don't know if she did or didn't, but I, it's not something we ever saw. Like, who knows? Yeah, that was, it was odd. It doesn't take it much <laughs> to burn down no. this house of sticks. Okay, so as we said, Charles thinks that the best way to get back at Diana is to 
have a photo shoot of his own. He'll shoot himself in just his natural fatherly state with his two in a sons kilt. in a kilt and a shepherd's crook. <laughs> So weird. <laughs> the, uh, like as soon as I saw that that kilt, I was like, "Oh, you buffoon!" Like, uh, like, uh, why? Why? Like, I get that you're in Scotland. I get that you know you you, you probably have some uh, you know kind of cultural and, and and sovereignty duty. But come on, man, you're you're just you know outside by a river. You're skipping stones. Your your sons are dressed in casual modern attire. Like, just mm-hmm. just look like a normal dad. That's what that's what you need to do here. Charles is fatal flaw. He can't do that. As William says, it's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like I, I'm, I'm actually being pretty earnest here because like, yeah, maybe there's like some, you know, kind of cultural sensitivity around wanting to like, you know, respect like, you know, traditional Scottish attire. But I like my bet here is that the audience for these photos extends well past the borders of the United Kingdom. This is supposed to be kind of like a mm-hmm. global PR move. And and I mean, I'm sorry, but like we're, we're, we're Americans looking at this photo and being like, oh, look at him in the kilt. So relatable. What, what, what a swell guy. I can't even imagine a Scottish person is like, oh, yeah, you need to wear a kilt while walking by the <laughs> river. Like, <laughs> yeah. Depending on where in Scotland, uh, you know, depending on which Scottish person is seeing that photo and how they feel about the royal family, they might even see it as cultural appropriation. Yeah. So it just there was no good reason to do that. So Colin Duncan Muir, the the photographer with the I don't know, just the the magic words to get people to just, you know, break down their walls in front of the camera. He's like, you know what? You guys are all being a little stiff. Uh, Why don't you throw stones? I was confused if they were throwing stones at the dog or just the dog was liking it. I was a little confused. <laughs> I was very upset. It was kind of like disconcerting where you're like, if you're going to like, why? Why would you be throwing rocks in the vicinity of your dog? That doesn't seem like it's going to help you. I don't know. But the dog is not in frame. So no one needs to know. You know, that that photographer, Duncan, he's just like a such a sweet old man. And like, you know, really seems to love what he does and, 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 and kind of has this calming presence. I'm a little skeptical that, you know, his warmth and, and, and his uh, nurturing ways would have pierced through the, the miserable bastard that is Charles. Like, I, 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 I would imagine that Charles would be uh, resistant to Duncan's charm. Well, I guess he also has his own agenda, so he has to kind of go with it. I, I was kind of assuming yeah, that he was just working on the kids. Who like like all kids don't want to take photographs. Yeah, but like Charles was annoyed at the kids, and you could tell that Charles was stressed. And and I I I, I find it a little beyond belief that you know somehow like Duncan was able to corral everybody into seeming easy and natural. Because even even though Charles wanted this photo op and wanted this opportunity, he himself was just super awkward. And like I I don't think that there's a single human being on the planet that can make Charles look natural and at ease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing that we did get here that we got a little bit in the Diana movie, and I think we said at the time that we wish that we had kind of gotten this in a little bit of a different context was uh, Diana's work with her landmines charity. And I do feel like I am appreciating the way that that is being portrayed here in the you know, early season six of The Crown. Yeah, and I must confess that when those scenes uh, uh, you know, were shown here, I was actually like, okay, so help me out here. Like, have we seen landmine stuff in the crown before, or was that just in Diana? I believe I it was just Diana. Okay. 
Yeah, because th this this is where I started to get a little bit confused about where I had seen this before already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think we've seen it in the crown yet. Um, but there's a lot of kind of uh, talk about Diana's trip to Bosnia, um, where the war has just ended, and she's there trying to promote awareness for the damage that landmines can cause there. And while she's there, the news breaks, and it just it all it all goes terribly wrong. Uh, the headline becomes more about her relationship than her work that she's doing. And I agree with what they said. Like, I also feel, or I think, was it Boland who said that? Like, I also feel bad for her. Like, she shouldn't have to talk about this when she's trying to do work. And you can tell that she's trying to bring it back multiple times and it's just not, mm -hmm. not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, I mean, maybe I'm being naive and maybe, you know, they they're not going to be super trigger happy to try to censor the press. But I would imagine that all those reporters that were just belligerently asking her questions about her personal life, uh, given the, the, the seriousness of the subject matter that she wanted to talk about, like you would think that they would have their press badges revoked after that. Like they, it seemed to be a very consequence free environment for them. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, at the end of the episode, I would just say there's a scene where, Elizabeth and Philip approve of this photo shoot and Elizabeth says something like all one wants is for Diana to find peace. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, They're just yeah. throwing these she's things done, in. She's done so much to assist with that. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that was two photographs. We've already talked for two photographs for longer than the episode itself. Anything to add <laughs> that we missed here? Just another kind of needle drop I wanted to make note of. We now have Daft Punk in the crown, which uh, was not something I was expecting. <laughs> Wait, when was there Daft? I, I totally blanked out. When it was, was during the, the Mario uh, Brenna introduction. It was, uh, oh, yeah. okay. The right, funk right, right, was right. playing in the background. Okay, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. I got the George Michael one. That That's a little more believable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, cool. So... Would you guys like to hear today's sponsors of episode 602? Sam, aren't you forgetting something else first? Oh, you want to do Kinky Crown first? We can do Kinky Crown first. Okay. I mean, I mean show me, show me is... what you got. Okay. Um, Sam, you want to go first? I think the only thing that I had was just the aforementioned George Michael scene where, you know, they're on the boat and, you know, Diana and Dodie are, are just touching each other. Oh, yeah. Right. That was that was one of mine. The other one was just, <laughs> yeah, it was just. Mohammed asking the maid if Dodie and Diana are sleeping together. Oh, gee, this is what you're giving me. Yeah, those were that. Those were the only two I I had Sam's too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess I'll give it to Sam, just because I I don't want to reward anything that Mohammed's involved in. Okay, that's fair. Cool. What what are the sponsors now? Okay, sponsors for today's episode. The <laughs> the English town of Derbyshire, which got a shout out now in two consecutive episodes uh, for some unnamed reason. Uh, Shepherd's Crooks, the number 78, as in the Sunday Mail has 78 photographs. www.royal.gov.uk. Uh, the most violent version of Uno that exists. Duran Duran t-shirts. And photos of Bill Clinton over a voiceover about how celebrities can make mistakes too. <laughs> You know, uh, Sam, it's a mark of desperation when a podcast in its final season introduces a new character. <laughs> and they're they're trying really hard to make it work, but... I find okay. it amusing. 
keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, this is the last season of The Crown. You know what? We're 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 just going with it. I don't know what's ha- I don't know what happens after this. I don't know where we go from here. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going in a pretty tragic direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to a conclusion here on The Crown season six, episode two, two photographs. Yeah, Ivan, if people want to catch up with you on The Crown or about any goings on or they want more advice on how to look up old websites or old versions of websites, where, where can they do that? So I, I, I was actually just going to touch on that a little bit. Um, so let me get to work on trying to remember what some of the URLs for my old Digimon fan sites from 2001 <laughs> were. And we can plug those into the Wayback Machine next week and, and, and see what we got. Nice. And, and, and I'm nice. sure on one of those websites, uh, as would have been the custom during this era of the internet, the site would have had a guest book, which is where you just, you know, leave, leave a comment on the site. Uh, and that's probably a great way to have gotten in touch with me in 2001. Would you have left a comment as yourself or did you have a username for these? Oh, like a, an Sam, alias. Usernames? Come on. That, that's too sophisticated of a technology for, for what this was. <laughs> So it was, so wait, you're saying they were anonymous comments? I mean, no, no, you just, you could like leave your name in a comment and then it would just show up in the guest book. Oh, That's so you're there as, you, you would be there as Ivan. Well, no, I mean, I'm the, I'm the webmaster. I'm not going to be leaving comments in the guest book myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, Carlin, if people want to catch up with you, where can they do that? Um, Instagram at Carlin underscore G-E-E, probably right. the best one. And you can find me on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach us, if you have any thoughts about crowning around, is probably on Twitter at Crown Around Pod. Uh, if you want to listen to any of our earlier episodes, you can do that at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com. And that's all we got for you this week. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. And God save the Queen. God, God save, save the Queen. The queen.